0: Welcome to episode 54 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston.
1: Welcome back
2: everyone to another episode. Um, I officially have only one day left of Seeing kids this school year, and I am practicing making boundaries. So, I told my private clients I wasn't going to see them this summer so I could get our family moved. So, I am looking forward to a break in um, services for and having to worry about that. And so, I'm very much in the kind of burnout stage <laughs> of my school year, and I feel like my students are too. So my go-to, and I probably said this last year too, my go-to when that happens is virtual field trips. So what <laughs> our teachers do, right? When, do <laughs> when everyone's going crazy, it's like, let's go on a field trip. <laughs> so I have found virtual field trips. And this year I looked tried to find some different ones instead of just looking the same ones up on YouTube. So I found a website that is virtualfieldtrips.org. And they have a huge variety of them. There is a fee associated with it. There's lots of sample videos though that if you walk, look through those, um, a lot of them you can find great information just in their shorter sample videos, but then they have longer videos that, in my opinion, are worth it. Um, Because I watched it today with, I went to 10 different national parks off of their video, and then I found some YouTube video on. So I've been to 10 different national parks, a zoo, and an aquarium today (laughs) with all of my students. So, and it was very, I adapted it for a lot of different um, goals that my students had. There was some great Uh, vocabulary in there because it kind of has a narration along with it that tells you about some of the history of it. And if you do do the paid membership, it gives you even like a list of core curriculum targets that that matches with. It has quizzes and worksheets that you can do to expand on that. So I'm always looking for things that are a big bang for my buck. And this is definitely one of them. Um, so that would be my big suggestion is if you are stuck in a rut with doing teletherapy, take your kids on a field trip.
0: <laughs> hey, I just have another great idea for you. Yeah. So you, uh, you can, you know, add to your, uh, long list of talents. You can create your own virtual field trips in St. George,
2: Right. Right. That's, that would be a good idea. Cause my husband actually, my husband teaches video and, um, and I keep on trying to get him to like make certain videos that I want mm-hmm. to use in therapy. Right. <laughs> caught on to that yet. I'm like, I need need a set of videos of people doing verbs so I can work on past tense (laughs) verbs. One of these days, either maybe he'll teach me how to do it and I can start doing them myself or he'll start helping me with them. But that would be a great idea too. And I think that'd be a good way to connect with your students instead of it being some random video someone else took to be like, hey, this summer I moved to St. George and these mm-hmm. are the national parks that are around me that I went to and yeah. do some like almost like experience books with them, but through sure. video. I like that idea.
0: That's really cool. That would be really, really cool. Do something like that. Yeah. Get get Destin on the job here. Get him, <laughs> get him working on this stuff.
2: Add it to the list. Add it to
0: the, <laughs> the honeydew list, right? The yep. honey we got so many things to do. Yep. The honeydew list.
2: For sure. Well, we have a great and fun person on the podcast today. We have Kara from Anywhere Speech, and she's going to talk to us about her company that she started and her very long experience in working with telepractice.
0: Awesome. Great. Hi, it's Todd Houston. I just wanted to reach out to you, our really talented, wonderful listeners that we have, and just ask you if you want to join us. Yes. Would you like to be a content creator for the 3C Digital Media Network? We need you. We need content creators to come and join us. So if you have a blog, a webinar, a course, or maybe even a podcast that you'd like to do, we would love to speak with you. So please, if you have some ideas, email me at todd, T-O-D-D, at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com c and I'll reach out and we can have a conversation. And so hopefully we could have you develop whatever you'd like to develop and work with us. Again, Todd at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com, and I will be in touch. Now, back to the interview.
2: Okay, we want to welcome Kara to the podcast. Uh, Kara, thanks for being with us today. Tell us um, your story of how you got into telepractice.
1: Yeah, um, I have been working in telepractice since 2001, back when it was unusual and strange and people would say, hey, is that even ethical? I don't know about that. Um, But yeah, so I feel like I got into it at an early end, which has been pretty exciting and it's definitely become a passion of mine.
2: Awesome. So had you just heard about it like at your university or how, What? where did you start with it?
1: Well, actually, I had seen an ad in, uh, at the time, I was a stay-at-home mom. My kids are very young. I had seen an ad in the newspaper, and I thought, this isn't even possible. I have got to check this out. So I contacted the company who had the ad, and they were just beginning to offer that service with their company. Uh, So I jumped on board, and yeah, it's been great ever since.
2: So I have to ask, what was it like back then, before we had (laughs) things like Zoom and screen share and even
1: like good YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, it sure was strange, but you know, it's it's all relevant with the time. Like way back then, we just, I don't know that we even thought of it that way. You know, now right. we make our therapy so dynamic and so exciting. But back then it was kind of like you just hop on and do some S's and do a little dance, <laughs> sing a little song and you're good. But now we kind of, <laughs> kids kind of expect the whole whole gong show, you know, but that's okay too.
2: Yeah, So what are you doing now with telepractice?
1: Well, one thing I'm doing is I have started my own business. It's called Anywhere Speech and Language. Um, And yeah, we offer services for people of all ages in a variety of states across the states. And um, we actually just opened up a hub in Hong Kong. So we're hoping to expand there as well. Great. Oh, wow.
0: So you're going international.
1: Yeah, I'm actually a Canadian and I live here in the United States, obviously, and I just recently became an American. Uh, So I'm hoping to expand to Canada as well so that, you know, with the telepractice laws, you have to be licensed where you sit and where your client sits. And as you know, Mm -hmm. COVID has really shown me how much I want to get up there and see my family a little bit more. So I need to be licensed up there. So that's probably our next path.
0: And so... I've always gotten confused about this. So if you're an American citizen, you can't have citizenship somewhere else. But in other countries, you can be an American citizen as well as retain. Yep.
1: In Canada, yep, you can be a dual citizen. In the U.S., you know, they ask you to be a U.S. citizen. But I think at that ceremony, you can kind of cross your fingers behind your back and and move along.
0: (laughs) Good, good. Well, we won't tell anybody.
1: (laughs) The authorities will come for me, that's for sure.
0: So I'm I'm really curious about the international outreach. We'll come back to certainly sure. what your, your practice, the anywhere speech and language, um, but how did that come about? Because that's very interesting. Um, yeah.
1: Well, I, it actually started by um, I have a guy doing my Google ads, Mark Parson. I saw he was on your show as well, and I keep getting calls or or emails for people who are looking for services in other countries. But Mm -hmm. as I kind of explore the licensure and the um, taxes and all that, that comes with being in other countries, some are easier than others. So some countries um, they're more accessible for sure, but the need for speech therapy is everywhere, everywhere. So, um, our field is not, you know, dying out anytime soon. So there's a lot of skills we can use in a variety of countries, not just with English-speaking people in the United States. So it's fascinating. I really yeah. love getting to know more cultures and and a variety of people, and I love all people. So. <laughs> It's been very fun. That's
2: neat. So how do the, some of the logistics of that work, like as far as do you provide services in English? Do you provide strategies with an interpreter to another language What's some of the, how that works?
1: Well, I personally only see, serve people who speak English. I feel like that's, you know, where mm-hmm. I can do it ethically and professionally, so Yeah. It's our international stuff is basically English speaking people living abroad. So it's not, you know, like full on, you know, we're going to learn a new language to provide services to you because there's other people who can do that, but I stick within my language for sure.
2: That's what we had. Um, one of my friends on here, Norley Jones, and she is, Uh, her husband's in the military and they are moving to Japan and she had to sign all kinds of paperwork saying that she understood that her child with a language delay might not get services there. And she wasn't worried about it because she uh is an Uh SLP, but I think that could be a situation where, you know, someone is maybe in the military or for some other reason is overseas and still wants to get those services. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great niche to match with that.
1: Absolutely. And, and you re you kind of realize how many people speak English overseas and all over the world. Mm-hmm. So just because you may live in, you know, Hong Kong, for example, you may be an English speaker, um, and you may have, you know, American Canadian roots or whatever. Um, so you maybe want your services in English specifically. So,
0: mm-hmm. well, that really is exciting. And so when, I'm going to come to you when I have questions about international service delivery because uh, we do get those questions from time to time about how to do this and how to how to make it all work but let's go back to how you've started your private practice and the company that you have now uh, Sure. and so you were you were working for another company and then now you you've sort of broken out and and have your own practice
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my practice is Anywhere Speech and Language. The name kind of came about thinking, you know, telepractice is accessible anywhere you have internet. You can be at home, you can be at work, you can be camping, you can be in a cabin on a mountain, anywhere. The names kind of confuse people. So I I don't know if I should have picked a different name. People maybe think that we go, you know, we can work anywhere, but with licensing laws, we can't just work anywhere in any state in any country, unfortunately. But the idea is we can Telepractice can be so flexible as to where your sitting location is. Maybe you live in an RV. Maybe you um, live you know, 60 minutes or more from a large city where there's no speech therapist. So telepractice can just be such a great way to remedy some of those factors that exclude people from getting services, kids and adults. So that was kind of the thought behind it. Um, my passions in my business are you know, dyslexia, stuttering, adult kind of rehab with communication rehab, stroke, TBI, accent modification, language disorders. Um, I have two people that work with us. One is a fantastic SLPA. and She does a lot of the pediatrics and, and speech articulation stuff, which is her passion. Um, we also have a fantastic occupational therapist who is in the military, and she's going to be doing pediatric occupational therapy specifically for military families. And yeah so it's it's an exciting group. We're a very relaxed, easygoing, hoodie-wearing group as I call it. So
2: <laughs> That that sounds like a group I would be happy joining. <laughs> yes,
1: for sure. Yep, for sure. So speech therapy, you know, I have I've been in this a speech therapy role for you know I've been a speech therapist for twenty one years now. I went to Minot State University long ago. um Speech therapy is such an amazing field, but it can be such a hard field too it's I've been on the burnout path a couple of times. Let's be straight up about it, and probably every s l p has but for me this this business is about starting a passion like where do I find passion in meeting my clients? Where am I so excited to join the session and see their their progress. I didn't get that in some of my other jobs. So this is what you know my business design is. So I tell the people who I work with, you know, if you don't, if you're not excited to come to your client session, then they probably shouldn't be your client. You know, because that client needs to be met with somebody who's who's so gung ho about their progress and who believes in them. So that's, I guess, our business is a little bit set up on passion and empathy um, and just excitement. We want to bring it back. We don't want to burn people out. So. There's a lot of other jobs that can burn people out, but we don't want to be that. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm definitely. I have one more day of therapy left for the school oh. year, so I'm <laughs> filling the burnout. <laughs>
1: awesome, <laughs> it's real. I, there's more. I don't know the statistics, but there's a lot of people leaving speech therapy right. or you know just speech in general. And I think part of it is they haven't found their niche or they haven't been allowed to practice their passions. Um, you get kind of pegged into a generalist role or sent wherever your employer sends you. And it's kind of hard. It's like hard to wake up every day knowing this isn't actually what I signed up for in in 1999 when I graduated university. So. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. I wonder that too. A lot of people that leave the profession just needed to find their way to do it because I, I did, I took, um, I only took about six months off before I was like, okay, I can't really just be, I shouldn't say just, but Uh stay at home mom. I need some balance with doing other things too. So, and I was looking for something and I knew I didn't want to go back to working full time and being out of the house full time and doing early intervention where I was in my car and other people's houses all Uh the time. Yeah. So I, I think that a lot too, if, if speech being a speech language pathologist just isn't working for you. Uh-huh. Find a different niche to do it in because there's Absolutely. so many.
1: There is, for sure. Yeah. And telepractice seems to be kind of the last ditch effort for people on the burnout path. I don't know if you guys have noticed that too. They've gone through the nursing home, they've gone through the schools, they've gone through early intervention, and then they're like, okay, well, I'll give telepractice a, a try. But um, you, you, it can be so many, it can be so passionate if you find your niche.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. I think that too. I'm, I wish I had found it sooner and I, I knew about it, but I just did. I think I was, in my head, I was waiting for the technology to catch up. Cause I n- had known what me and Todd had done, um, back when we were at Utah state university. And I was just thinking like, you know, that was like a study that we did. I don't think this is a uh-huh. real thing everywhere. And the more that I researched it, I was like, Oh yeah, it is lots of yeah. people have been doing this for a long time. And I feel like that's like the thing too. It's, it's a last ditch. Cause people don't always think of it first. And we hope that that's uh-huh. changing and that people are seeing it more as an option.
1: Um, Yeah, absolutely. And back to your question about what was it like 11 years ago, I remember having to talk families into telepractice, you know, they'd be like, no, we want real therapy. We don't want any of this internet therapy. But now, you know, it's Mm -hmm. much more accepted. But I remember back then, you know, people were like, nah, this is not going anywhere. But obviously, it's going places. So, right. Right.
2: So what was, so as speech language pathologists, we are not trained to be business owners. What have you done to make that jump that gap?
1: Well, I have had a lot of fails. Let me tell you that we all have. <laughs> I mean, it, and that is the hardest thing about having a business is I don't have a business mind. I don't understand the financing, the taxes, all of that. Luckily, I have found good sources that can help me through that. Um, but that's definitely my struggle and that's my worry I feel like I have the speech part down after all these years but you know the business component is definitely the part that keeps me up late at night thinking well I don't know how to do this we should have had some you know we shouldn't have but we I wish I had taken some courses when I was younger or in university thinking along this way I still can but I just don't have time anymore but (laughs) it's been a little bit of a struggle luckily I have found a you know, some people here and there who've given me great tidbits. Um, the late Bill Connors kind of got me help, help get me set up way last summer. Um, he was phenomenal and kind of believed in me and my cause. So that was pretty inspirational. Um, Mark Parsons has been great at helping me set up, you know, Google ads and website stuff. Um, and then just people along the way, Every time I can get to a conference or a a little seminar or a Facebook, you know, let's talk about this. I try to go and and learn as much as I can, but I'm still learning for sure.
2: That's what I just had um, a friend who graduated in audiology and he said that they had a private practice course. I was like, where was that course when I was there? (laughs) Was it just for audiologists? How did I miss that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i'm like thinking maybe maybe i can go and audit it to yeah. figure that out cuz it is mm-hmm. like and i'm have a toe in private practice right now uh-huh. cuz i do i technically have an llc and uh-huh. have taken some private clients but mostly i just contract with other companies yeah. so but i so wish that i had some of those that knowledge of how to run the business stuff but like you said it's a lot of finding a, the people who know the things that Mm -hmm. you don't know. Um, And I've found too, some people think that they need to like, I don't know, find an organization or reach out to some like big company to get that help. But a lot of times I find that it's just like talking to the people around you who you know that Mm -hmm. have done it.
1: Uh Uh-huh. For sure. Very true. And if it makes, you feel better. This is my third attempt. So uh, the first two, you know, I hadn't set it up in a tax manner that, you know, was feasible. So I just didn't grow it. I didn't get on insurance panels. Um, So then I just decided to kind of restart that with an LLC versus a, you know, sole proprietor or whatever. I can't remember what it's called, but, and just kind of get it started. So failure has been my biggest teacher really.
2: (laughs) But when I set up my LLC, I went to my little kids play group with a mom that was an accountant, and a mom that had gone to law school, and I brought my laptop, <laughs> and oh, they helped wow. my LLC.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yep, there's people, everybody knows more than, you know, everybody has so many tidbits of skills, so I'm surprised sometimes where I learn things, just kind of opening up and talking to people about what you're doing. You can learn a lot um, about people. Oh, I started a, you know, lawn mowing business back when, when, and oh, connect me with that person. So, right.
2: yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be necessarily in our area of speech. For it can sure. be anyone who has started their own business.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: We have this company that we have with 3C and and that whole business mindset is something that's very new for a lot of SLPs and audiologists. And I was just talking to a colleague of mine because we we're going to be writing a grant together and developing some training for our our students and he's an audiologist on faculty. I'm an SLP and we're talking about, well, we have to really have a business management class because, because we're talking about telepractice and you know, how, how would you start a telepractice private practice, you know? And so we have to figure out how to put that in the curriculum, but of course it's so hard because that audiology curriculum and the SLP curriculum, it's so stuffed with everything else that we're, trying to teach and make sure they have competency in, uh, it's hard to, to get a course like that approved. And so it's, we're going to have to figure that out.
1: Yeah. And it's constantly changing too. So facts you may have about, you know, starting a business now might be outdated shorter than, you know, five years from now. So it's just changes so quickly.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. We're certainly, we're all learning in terms of all of this. Yeah. So in terms of the the, the uh, clients you're seeing right now, what are uh, some of your go-to materials and resources that you've discovered along the way, whether it's adults or children or, you know, you know just whatever you're finding right now?
1: Yeah. So I, I don't invent a lot of things. There's a lot of creative people out there and I'm not one of them. I like to... Purchase p- things people have created. That's kind of where I am. I may die, the <laughs> I'll probably die the poorest speech therapist <laughs> on the planet because I just buy everything, right? So <laughs> that's right. Make it easy. I like it easy for sure, but I don't have a lot of creative roots. Um, as far as kids, you know, there's great programs out there like Ultimate SLP, mm-hmm. SLP Now, uh, Pink Cat, Turtle Diary. There's a lot of great things out there. Everyday speech videos, everyday social skills, I can't remember, but there's a lot of good ones. Adults, um, adults are so fun for me. I just love adults because they kind of bring so much to the table. Mm -hmm. You know, they bring a lot of their materials, whether they know it or not, they're not intending to, but, you know, you start a conversation about, you know, their reading struggles or whatever, since we do a lot of work with dyslexia, and then we kind of can go through things related to their, um, situations. So for example, one of my clients right now, we're just trying to get through her HR manual. And that is a huge feat for somebody with dyslexia or literacy issues to try to figure out, you know, how do we figure out things like um, what benefits you have for medical insurance? How do you figure out how to read your policy manual to find out when you can take time off and stuff like that? So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but there's, Luckily, the internet is full of stuff now, whereas 11 years, we really had to go searching for things. We couldn't just type in, you know, S blends PDF and come up with 50 choices. So it's right. so easy now.
0: Yeah, I was just watching something that a colleague of mine, Judy Walker, she's at University of Maine, and she's been doing telepractice there and training students and all of that. But she works mostly with adults, and she had this great video of... of um uh, this client who had, uh, had a stroke and uh, but and it was serving through telepractice, of course, and connecting to the patient's home. And this patient wanted to go to Wendy's, which uh-huh. was a few blocks away from her house. And so the task was to how to how to go there. And so, what is the uh-huh. map? And so, they actually used Google Maps uh-huh. and then zoomed in on her uh, actual neighborhood. And they walked her through and they come to the stop sign yeah. and they turn left and they go. And and so they had yeah. all this great vocabulary and helped her sort of orient. And she loved it. For and sure. it was extremely functional because that's what she wanted to work on. She wanted to do. That was one of her goals. So she wanted to go to Wendy's and get something to eat uh, at lunchtime sometimes. Um, yeah. So, you know, using Google Maps uh, and going yeah. all through telepractice. That was really cool to watch.
1: That is far more functional than any worksheet I could find. Right. I love that. Right. Language therapy in adults is is just so fun. Right. You know, there's it's just so rewarding for them and for me too. But yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm with I'm doing uh therapy this year with almost adults. <laughs> they I have oh, I have nice. high school students, so but I've tried to do that too. I'm like, okay, I could, you know, pull up a worksheet on multiple meaning words, but that's not going to help them as much as if we can like watch this YouTube video and say like why that was funny because they used a multiple meaning words and things like that. So putting it in a context that they care about and that makes sense to them is still it's a struggle though, because it's, it does, it's one of those things where it's like, it's not as easy to create and search for as it is for a worksheet, but it really makes Uh more of a difference for the client.
1: For sure. You can't really plan for some of these things either. You have to be highly Mm -hmm. flexible because, you know, maybe they're needing to learn about something for their upcoming driver's evaluation or driver's test or driver's permit is that Mm -hmm. word. Um, So you know that's where we go it's it doesn't really matter what i plan if their life trumps my Planning. plan so that's that's yeah. what I I had a
2: student the other day that one of her goals was multi-step directions, which I actually hate as a goal for high school students. (laughs) I didn't write it, but because it's Uh not functional, but then I found out that she was on the dance team. So I was like racking my brain, trying to remember my dance vocabulary. And I would have her, I would tell her the dance step that steps that she needed to do. And then she would repeat them back to me and kind of like, you know, just kind of walk through them quickly, not really do all the dance steps, but just kind of like block through them, what she would do. And I was like, Oh, I found something that was meaningful for her. Yeah, that is, wonderful.
1: <laughs> that is, it's such a rewarding feeling and you can, and you know, you're making a difference and, and those people can trust you. You know, I love it when adults or anybody can say, Hey, here's what I'm really struggling right. with. And then we, de- we delve into it because where else is there to go? We have to go in, you know? So that's wonderful.
0: Well, I think it may be time Kim, you can let me know if I'm wrong for our moment of Zen. Ah, he didn't warn her. Okay.
1: I don't know Zen. So you'll (laughs) you'll have to teach me that because I don't, I don't run on any kind of Zen.
0: (laughs) So this, this is a 10 questions that we'll (laughs) ask, uh, that we ask everybody. Great. Just about. (laughs) The last five or so shows, uh, you might listen to. Um, so this is based on the, on the Proust questionnaire. Okay. Proust, the, the play, the French playwright, but we've adapted it. So we'll just ask some random questions, relatively random. You just, you can say one word answers. Or you can elaborate as much as you want or as a little okay. as you want. Does Sounds that make sense? good. Okay. So what's the most used app on your phone? Oh,
1: um, Well, right now it's a weight loss app. So (laughs) you probably don't want to know about that. (laughs) I'm trying to, it's right now. It's probably my Fitbit, but you know, it's not always that one, hopefully. So
0: (laughs) that's good. We got to, we got to stay healthy. That's That's good. Um, what was the last (laughs) TV series you streamed?
1: Oh, Oh, what was it called? Better off dead or I can't remember. It was about two ladies who were in a grieving support group and Anyway, I'd have to look up the, I, have you heard of it? Yeah. I'd have. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, which dead, one you're to, talking me, dead about. to me. Yep. Yep.
2: Yeah, dead I to me. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember uh-huh. what it is yeah. called either, but I know which one, one you're talking about
1: Dead yep. to me.
0: I saw that. I mean, I didn't it see the show. One. I know. Okay. Um, what's your favorite book or a favorite book?
1: Uh, yeah. I'm kind of a nerd. I really love reading about neurology. Um, I know people don't uh, usually pick those up, but I love to read about neurology. So yeah, I, I get textbooks for fun.
0: That's awesome. Um, what's your, what's your favorite genre of music country for sure. So you're not really a music fan. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. that's an old joke. Um, I love it. What's, uh, what's your favorite food?
1: I. Probably apples.
0: Apples. Yeah. Very healthy. That's good. I like that. Um, what's the most exotic place you've been, or the farthest place you've been?
1: Oh, probably um, Nome, Alaska, out in the Bering Straits. Oh, um, wow. St. Lawrence Island in Alaska. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the most exciting places I've been.
0: Awesome. Very That's cool. cool. Uh, What's the scariest thing you've ever done?
1: Uh, Raise my children. That's pretty (laughs) scary.
0: (laughs) Children are scary. That's for sure. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: Almost as scary as starting a business, right?
1: I know. (laughs) It takes a lot of mental energy to raise kids.
0: That's for sure. Uh, What's your biggest pet peeve?
1: Uh, People saying kiddo. I hate that word when people say kiddo for people. (laughs) like this kiddo that kiddo I don't know why it just gets under my skin
2: yeah I had a professor that that's she did that a lot and I would just it did it kind of like I still do it sometimes too because it's easy and quick to say but yeah yeah, it kind of makes
1: my skin crawl too (laughs) I know it's just so disrespectful for a child I don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got yep that's good um let's see if you didn't choose your current profession what profession would you like to try
1: Oh, I would have loved to be a neurologist or a brain surgeon. Obviously, wow. um, that's kind of my passion, but I never mm-hmm. would have been able to focus that intensely for that career.
0: <laughs> awesome. And oh, definitely last, not
1: serious enough either.
0: And last question is, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: Uh, you can have a nap now.
0: <laughs> Go rest. <laughs> Catch up on all the sleep you've That's right.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> no more paperwork. <laughs> Go That's have right. a nap. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> yep. Well, Kara, how can people get in touch with you and and interact with you and and anywhere speech and language? How can sure. they reach out to you?
1: Uh, Yeah, you can reach our website. It's language. Again, very, very long, but hard to miss. Um, They can also, you know, text me or call me. The number's on the website as well. Awesome. Great.
0: Well, we really appreciate you being with us on the podcast and best of luck with everything that you're doing.
1: All right. Thank you guys very much. Hope you have a great day.
0: Kara was a great guest, just full of life and energy. She's one of those individuals that you just want to be around and learn from. So check out what she's doing at www.anywherespeechandlanguage.com and reach out to her if you'd like. I'm sure she would love to hear from you. And we would love for you to leave us a five-star review. If you do that, that helps us to reach new subscribers and to increase the impact of this podcast, which is obviously what we're trying to do. And with that, we thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week. Happy Memorial Day, and be safe and be kind. This has been a production. Of the 3C Digital Media Network.